Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, back in the locker room here, high atop the fields yes. of St. Vincent. Four of them to be exact in a, in a little baseball field over there that looks like it has not been attended to in a long time. Right. Uh, but, There's one up there, too. Though. Oh, that's right. We got the high field, but yeah. we can't really see it. No, you can't. Covered by trees. But um, we're here back at training camp. You know, I'm Starks. He's Wolf. And uh, we were talking about in the last segment. Oh, the sky is clearing up. Ooh. That looks good. See a little blue off in the, yeah. off, off in the uh, distance. So that means the rain has acquitted itself. It, it did its job, and it's watered the fields and made the grass green again. Starting to see the hills come out. Yeah, exactly, which is a good sign. That means low humidity. Yeah. Um, but uh, <clears throat> so we're here. We At the end of the last segment, we kind of start talking about guys who stood out to us from day one to day two and who's kind of not necessarily say on the rise because I think that's more safe to say when we get pads yeah, on. Pad, you can't that, do it. In yeah, the you can't do it yeah. in just shirts and uh, helmets. But guys who stood out to us just as far as technically looking good from day one to day two, there's a consistency or there's a rebound um, that they had from the first day to the second day. I named Spencer Anderson in the last segment. We didn't get to yours, Wolf, so – let us, Wolf. Yeah. Please enlighten us on your pick. <laughs> Let me enlighten you. I, I'm sorry. I'm 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 too dumb to enlighten anybody. But the point being is, I, I look at it and I go, you know, one of the guys that I've watched for a year or so, but I don't know he it never looked like. But William Dunkel. Now he was a free agent. They picked him up. He's a big 350 pound cheese whopper. Yeah. You know. Now I know he's dropped a ton of weight. He looks good. You know, I mean, he's leaned out, and his you just watch his movement skills in camp. They've gotten better. You know, he's, yeah. he's a big body, and I understand, you know, that's why you put him on the practice squad. That's why, you you know, you bring him in. It's a, it's a big human being. Uh, but watching him as of late, there's a couple things he just kind of showed. All right, he's, he's, he's coming around. Now, I'm not saying he's, he's not going to contend to start. He's, you know, it's – it's very much a, a bubble guy type of situation. But you know what? Good for him that you start to see some movement skills where he's doing some of the finer things that, you know, a good offensive lineman has to be able to craft his skills. And we're staying with the offensive line just because that's our nature of the beast that we both were. But the fact is you've got you to iron sharpens iron, and you've got to sharpen the sword every day, That the sword being your skill set. And one of the things that you notice is a guy like William Dunkel, a big, large-body guy um, who definitely could be a people pusher if given the right amount of circumstances and so forth, is making some improvements. So I look, I look at it like that. You know, one of the things Chuck always wanted was he taught guys from the Hall of Famers to the Pro Bowlers to the starters to the backups to the guys that wouldn't be here more than a week. He believed in, you know, teaching them making sure that they're getting better daily, even even to the guys that he knows aren't, aren't going to make his team. But that's what he was about. He was a full coach. And I, I always looked at it as like even the guys that are, yeah, maybe they don't have much of a chance, you still want to see them be able to increase their skill level as they're here. So William Dunkel, good. He's doing some good things. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that that's the most important thing when you're talking about this. You want to see guys – that get it the light bulb turns on right right? i mean and that's one of the things that we've noticed with william dunkel is that the light bulbs turning on 
and that he's taking this seriously. And, you know, let's face it, for all intents and purposes, not everybody's going to make this team, right? Yes. I mean, you only get 53 spots, and <clears throat> you got 90 guys here. Think but about it. 52, as we talked about our first Brandon. time. I mean, literally, you got you got you could have a literally. I mean, it's just funny to think if you could have fifty-two guys on your team that have never been here before. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a real. But it ain't question. gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen because we we paid a lot of those guys. Yes, exactly. That are not the fifty-two. Yes. <laughs> to be here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but no, it, it, it's nice to see that, and you know, I'm sure the fans are out there like. Really, you guys highlighted offensive linemen? Yes, we yes. highlighted offensive linemen first because that's what we look at first. That's right. But at fat the end, guys need love too, fat buddy. Fat guys do need love too. You know, hey, hug a fat guy today. That's you right. know, <laughs> you know, just go hug a fat guy. That's right. Uh, he he needs that attention. But uh, yes. But you know, out. But so outside of the offensive linemen, um, what are some other guys that you've noticed have jumped off the page to you? Um, you know, in other positions as well because i know some guys had a rough day one yes. and kind of bounced back in day two and who are some of those guys how about kelvin austin yeah you know the fact was we saw kelvin austin uh, nail a 35 yarder on a go route he made the catch and now he, he did a basket catch okay yeah. and, I, and I, I go back to the day before he had a couple of drops yeah. now when you watch him, when you see a wide receiver start to juggle the ball, you know, I call it one-man volleyball, you know, you're tapping up, and it's just, he's a little rigid. It looked like he was a little rigid, like he's a little pressing. tense. Think about pressing. Yes, yeah, pressing, pressing. Is, it would be the word to use. Think about Calvin Austin, who came in with such hoopla last year, that burning speed that ripped the top off the coverage type of speed, that ability to stretch windows for guys underneath. You got all that going on, and suddenly it's a foot injury, and you can't show what you can do. And I look at that, and you think, this guy is a wide receiver, return specialist, capable, and all that stuff, and and gadgetration guy that could do, you know, a lot of that stuff. Um, To watch him, you know, you you really want to see him excel excel in this camp and really stake a claim to a a position because that speed is is just, you know, you can't coach speed. You know, it's just you got it or you don't. So he made a catch yesterday, and I thought, good. The first hurdle is he doesn't get into a DJ like, you know, you discombobulated and get into those dropsies. you got to overcome that thing. And uh, he caught the ball. Good. You know, hey, that's just a step up, and it, it's something to talk about because certainly you don't want to get the bugaboo in your head. Like, yeah. you know, oh, no, here comes another go route. Here comes that ball arcing over, and uh, I'm afraid to catch the thing, you know? Yeah, you don't want the Martavius Bryant. Yes, yeah. or the Limas Swede. Yes. You know what I mean? Where you, you know, and, and God bless Limas. I, I, you know, yeah. I, I just bring that up. He, he ran into an issue. He got into that bugaboo. But, um, you know, that's what you've got to guard against. You, you've got to be mentally strong enough to be able to, you know, Get make those catches, and if you have a down day, you got in training camp. You got to bounce back. Yeah, you got to have bounce back, and because it's going to come. Yes, <laughs> twenty four hours later. It's, yes, it's guaranteed. It's going to come yes. another opportunity. You want to make sure you're prepared for that. And opportunity. a bad day is going to happen in camp. It yeah, no, to no, everybody. Nobody has a perfect day. Yes. I yes. mean, if if you had perfection, why have training camp? Right. Good point by you. So I mean, so that's what you want to see. And yeah, it was a nice go ball. In fact. Right in front of where we're sitting, it was down the close the near sideline. Right, and he blew Correct. past two guys to get to make that catch. That speed, and, and he was, and, and you know what I felt? He wasn't even running full speed. Right, like the fact that he still blew past two guys and he wasn't going. Good at point by top you. Acceleration yeah. point. I'm like, 
oh wow, this guy still has room to room to room to room, go. Room to go, and yeah. indeed. Now you know another guy that had another bounce back day from day one to day two. Allen Robinson. Good point. Yes. Yeah. Allen had had some tough some a couple of tough flat passes. Right. Um, where he did not quite get where he needed to be. Um, seven shots. He had he had that score where he scored on Chandon Sullivan. Yes. Um, it was a nice catch because nice. a day ago. He ran that kind of similar flat route, and Kenny kind of threw a little bit behind him. He kind of got a little bit out of whack trying to make the catch, and, you know, he bobbled the ball and dropped it. But yesterday, you know, you could see him getting into a rhythm, looking like that starting receiver, which is what we're going to need in season. Going to need him. Yeah, so you could see him starting to feel more comfortable with the offense, starting to build that rapport with Kenny Pickett. And I thought yesterday he had a really nice bounce-back day in day two. Um, and put put on put on a nice little show, a little, 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 little training tape highlight film. There you go. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because again, he did some good things. He had a sliding third down catch. He had a forty five yard catch and run from Kenny Pickett on another situation. The, the fact is, um, you need his veteranship. George Pickens going to need some some people around him. Obviously, DJ is is another you know very capable think guy around him. But Allen Robinson, is, he's just a cool cat. This guy's yeah. been productive wherever he's been. Uh, now, he's not had more than 40 catches since 2020. Uh, but that doesn't, you know, he had some injury issues and so forth. This guy's capable, and he's smart, and he can help guys like George Pickens and so forth be able to master that wide receiver position. I like Allen Robinson, I think, from the slot position, which is what they primarily have used him as thus far. Yeah. It'll be, you know, interesting to see because slot receivers are, and this is one of the things I love about Fryermuth, if you ask me. Fryermuth is like a slot receiver, and slot receivers got to see the safeties like the quarterback sees the safeties. You're working that inner field, you know, in between the numbers. Inside, you got to make your numbers available to your quarterback, meaning you got to be able to beat the, that, that coverage and get your chest around so that the quarterback has a good window to throw to you because it's a dangerous area. We yeah. saw it yesterday uh, when when Elijah <clears throat> Riley made a nice interception in the slot. Yeah, you know, and we'll talk more about him later. But the fact of the matter is, when you're a slot receiver, it takes it takes a little bit different mindset to be able to do the things that you need to do. Yeah, no, I mean, I equate it to just like an offensive guard, right? Things happen a lot faster in the slot. <laughs> yeah, there you than, go. Than they do on the outside, right? You know, like with a tackle, we have to create space. We're responsible for the width of the pocket, whereas right, as a guard, you're responsible for the depth of the pocket. So things are going to come at you a lot quicker. Slot receiver. That's that's outstanding. In my all my years, I never thought about it in <laughs> yeah. terms of like that. There, there we go. That's what I'm here to do, Wolf. Here to be a valid sidekick to make sure I Get put things soup, in perspective. Man. But, yeah. I knew I liked you. Yeah, yeah, good <laughs> yeah. <man>. There we <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. But yeah, so so you have to you, you're a little bit more tenser in the slot, right? Because you know that you're going to get either a safety, a linebacker, somebody's going to be on or you, or a combination, or a combination of both. They're going to pass you off in the zone, and you have to be able to nip and, and tuck your way through all those type of uh, gaps in the zone. So it's a lot it's a lot tougher position. And Allen Robinson is doing a great job of making sure that he's. He's starting to get himself in it's that quarterback friendly. Role. Yeah, quarterback friendly. Make yourself available. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Make and you yourself. make yourself available by reading the inside, knowing what the quarterback's looking at, and trying to give your quarterback that clear view, such as what you know uh, he needs to be able to throw the ball. Because again, 
when you're throwing in between the hash marks and in between the numbers, there's a lot of bodies. There's a lot of yeah. congestion. There's a lot of moving parts. It's not the same when you, you know, that, why do you think, you know, you roll a quarterback out. A lot of times you roll a quarterback out and you're looking at one-third of the field. You know, yeah. and that's, that's much easier because now it's more <clears throat> defined, you know. Yeah. You have those opportunities. But when you're throwing inside, and what a Friar Muth does so very well is his ability to be able to position himself and give a nice frontal chest piece, nice window to the quarterback. Well, and, and, and Friar Muth did that again yesterday. Oh, yes, he did. He had, a, he had a nice, like, little skinny post up the middle. And he did a great basketball job because the, the linebacker was sitting on the hashes, right, trying to establish his position. Let me ask you this. Position. If yeah. we ran a skinny poster, would it be called the skinny post anymore? No. I don't think no, so. No, it, it would probably be called a backboard. Because <laughs> I don't think there's a fat post. <laughs> Bed post? You, you run a fat yeah, post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go run that fat post. <laughs> Try and get skinny. <laughs> Too late. Too late. It ain't going to happen. Ah. Act. Yeah, skinny earth. So, I didn't mean to. De- I didn't mean to distract you. Yeah, but you know, again, there's one of those squirrel moments that just kind of. But, but listen, look, we, we we've got three hours. Well, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I think it's okay. It's okay to look at the shiny object every once in a while. But uh, but yeah, but Pratt Fryermuth does a great job yeah. of uh, you know, and, and I know we're playing football and we use a lot of basketball terminology, but I mean it applies. Yes. I mean he knows how to post a guy out. You know when he gets Good to the point. hash. You know, linebackers are trying to redirect you because they get to establish their position up to five yards, and they get to redirect guys. But what Fryer Move does so well is that he kind of forces that guy to make a decision, mm-hmm. and then he kind of posts himself inside out, like boxing the guy out yes. to make sure that his chest is available, that Kenny can see the eight and the eight yes. on his chest. And he does that so well in that middle of the field. And that's what you kind of need with your tight ends. They have to kind of be those – those low-box defenders, like getting ready for a rebound, yes. and you're trying to establish the block. That's what Pat Fryermuth does so well. And that's what I want to see from Darnell Washington. He hasn't gotten as many, like, routes um, as the rest of the guys in, in, the line, in, in the tight end room to go up against linebackers. But I saw it a little bit yesterday with Darnell Washington. Good point. And I hope that he continues to develop that skill set because if you could put Muth and him and Gentry, you have a problem and a quandary if those guys can run and own the hashes. We did see some 13 personnel. We did yesterday. You know, we saw 12 a number of times, but we did see some 13, which is very, very interesting, shall we say. Yeah. Because it, it does lead to that point where you got you got an ability to come out in a sledgehammer formation personnel-wise and still run with the horses. Yeah. You know no. what I mean? Yeah. Watching, I was watching Darnell run a uh, – I don't know, some sort of out pattern, probably a good 25 yards down the down the field. And, you know, he did not look uncomfortable at all catching that ball full stride in motion. Yeah, no, it, it was not a laborious task. No, <laughs> yeah, laborious. Right? Laborious. Laborious. Yeah, laborious task. I mean, it looked natural for him. And I think that's as we get closer, as we get more into it, and especially when we get pads on, Yeah, I think that becomes – more of something where you're like, okay, I can now start to create an expectation on what I'm expecting from Darnell Washington. Because, like I said, day one, he ran a tremendous decoy route right. that took that, that carried the linebacker off enough to let Connor Hayward come across on the shot. Carried crossing. the linebacker, carried the eyes of the safeties and everybody else. Yeah, and where Connor, Connor did. Dis- yeah, nobody was looking at Connor. Disappeared. Disappeared. <laughs> and, and, and that's a beautiful thing when you could see – 
the play come from the grease board right up up up, right, up there in Rooney Hall in the meeting area, and you bring it down to Chuck Knoll Field. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, it, it's a, it's a great thing when I love it when a plan comes together type <laughs> of approach. And and it, yeah, it, it, so we're starting to see that progression, and of course. We love the tight end position because they're they're part time fat guys. Part-time, yeah, part time fat. Yeah, guys, yeah yes. part time fat guys. There you go. You know, it, it's it's overtime for them. But I mean, that's one of the things that you're looking at. You're like, all right, cool. Let's get this going. And um, I think when we come back, we should also highlight some of the defensive guys. I think absolutely. That would probably be a, I know because they're going to be like moaning and going. You guys just talk about oh, offensive talk about guys. Offensive guys. Well, offense is great and it's needed. Okay, guys. <laughs> and by the way, we did start off with Captain Cam. Reprimanding the offensive line. Yeah, we, we gave him his we, place. We gave him a joke. Yeah, we gave we him a gave, joke. It was, yeah, gave you him know. a little bit of fun stuff. But we'll get back to the defense and some of the guys that stuck out for us in day two when we come back here in the locker room with Wolf and Starks here from St. Vincent's in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, I'm sitting here, Max. The ground crew's out. They are rolling tarps and everything. I think we're going to have a great day. It looks like the sky has cleared up a little bit here. We are, uh, you know, it, by the way, do you ever, I know you have, because sometimes the grounds crew will enlist some of the players to help roll, you know, up the tarps or unroll the tarps, things yeah. like that. Uh, have you ever gotten caught underneath? I have. Have you, have you really? No way. Yeah, I have. Gotten. How does somebody as big as you get caught underneath one of those tarps when you're well, walking? Because everybody, you get people all along, you know, you get like yeah. 20 guys, you know, in a row. And then you pull the tarp, and then it starts getting up over your head because the air gets under it. And yeah, then... it was it was a windy day. Oh, okay. So that that that's how you get caught All underneath right. it. All right. And you're like trying to run under it. It's like the little, you know, at, at at elementary schools when the kids have the little parachute drop, you yes. know, the little parachute, and you run underneath it. Yeah. Like it's one of those things. Where you're like, ah, I don't want to be caught underneath <laughs> this. This is not breathable. Yeah. <laughs> this it... is waterproof. Yeah. By so, the way, yeah, yes. it's impermeable. <laughs> Not a lot of air, so is, this isn't this isn't kindergarten parachute drop time. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, but yeah, now got under and it got it back underneath, uh, but got back out from underneath it. But yeah, no, this is this is a skill set. It is. Yeah. You got to know what you're doing here. Yeah, and you see that they're now flattening the tarp down to remove yep. all the excess air, so that you can roll it up on those big cylinders. Yes. Um. But yeah, now this this I mean this is art in and of itself. Oh, it is indeed. You know, yeah. the thing about it is when you're part of the ground screw, you got to have one guy who knows what the heck he's doing. Otherwise, it's chaos. Because you got to make sure the fold is just right. Oh yeah. Because you Absolutely. don't want it leaking over the sides and. Oh, they're the, going back with it too. The double, double roll. doing it. It's a yeah. double roll. Dude, that, that, that's a – listen, talk about a cardio routine. Oh, yeah. Because you got that big bar on the bottom, right? Yes. That keeps the weight, and that thing is actually pretty heavy. It is indeed. Yeah, it's not it's Well, not the tarp light. is heavy, too. Yeah, the tarp's heavy, too, especially when you start to get a good roll Uh-oh, going. Oh, look, they, they're getting off Uh-oh. too much. Oh, they're off Bring the side. Uh, no, come stop on, it. somebody's stop not – Stop it. Uh, stop. Uh, no, no, they're just going to keep going. Guys, y'all don't see that. Oh man, the one I'm, on the end, he he he's not he's not doing his job. No, he's not. He's 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 yeah. Look at it. Oh now, okay, now here now we go. Now you got to shift it over. Look look. Oh, how many guys does it take to roll it six <laughs> inches? There we go. You know how it was. Remember seven man sled? Yeah. 
You know, oh, you always knew who was, was dogging it because the sled would start to spin yeah. and stuff, yeah. unless the coach was being a jag and, yeah. then, you know, would, would stand on one side and then create problems. Yeah. I, oh, I hated that one. Oh. Coach, well, coach would just come stand on it if you're doing too good. Yep. And it was like it was a punishment. It was that I was doing my job. Yeah, you get punished for doing a good job. Yeah, what, what kind of crap is that? Exactly. If we if we get it into a little spin cycle, that's okay. You know. <laughs> yeah. Leave it alone, coach. Yeah. Hey. Let it happen. That means that guy needs yeah. to go do some more squats. That's yeah. That's because whoever it is on that side of the seven man sled, he yeah. needs to be uh, dogged out. Because if you're on the left side and you're doing your job and you're powering that sled and it happens to start turning to the right. Well, that's the problem of the right-hand guys, all yes. right? So they need to be dogged out. They need to be squatting. They need to be doing some extra running, not the guys that are making the sled turn. That's right. We're the, we're, we're the guys, you know, hey, listen, who's going to push if everybody's in the cart? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. And, and No, but the one I used to love is when the coach was standing in the middle on it and he's trying to hit that brake on you. Oh, yeah. And i never forget a couple of times, you know, me and my buddy's like, listen, Let's turn this thing on. Have you turned over a couple of those? Have you flipped over the five man sled? The five man sled? No, never flipped one. Oh, so we so we did. Uh-huh. We did, and I'll never forget it. It's like they tried to bring this new one out. It had like this handbrake system oh, where it no. could slow you down, so that you had to like engage it. So we're like, f this. I was like, I'm you know tired what this, this is? That's yeah. the sports industrial complex that keeps trying to, I don't know, alter. The equipment used. Yes. You know, it's not enough for a two-man sled. We've got to have a five-man. Well, we can't have just a five-man. Five We've got to go seven-man. Seven man. Now, yeah. we can't just have a sled that you can stand on one end and turn it. You've got to have a hand-breaking system. Come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. So we, so we flipped that thing over one day and came. Coach had to run off of it because he, he, felt, he felt the tilt. He knew. You're going after He hit the brake, and he can't get the brake off because we are already got it up. <laughs> and if you release the brake, it's going to slide, and he's going to jerk off anyways. Uh, so he just jumps off, and we flipped it and turned it over, like just out of just pure madness and just in a haze. Yeah, it, it, was was ma- oh, it was ill intent the entire time. When I was at Syracuse, we had a two-man sled, and it was a rust bucket of a sled. It was a pain in the butt, and we had to hit it all the time, right? But yeah. my line coach said, whoever, if you break the sled, if you if you are you come out and you break that sled, you get the rest of the practice off. And let me tell you something: from my freshman year to my sophomore year, to my junior year, I heard that rust bucket of a sled. It was if you break this sled, you got the day. Let me tell you something: my senior year, I came out there, I was determined, and I yeah. knew I knew I had it. I, it was the last chance, and I by golly, I broke it on the first day of training camp. And I jumped up and down. I said, see ya. I'm out of here for the day. And my line coach is going, well, where are you going? I go, whoa, whoa, what do you mean where am I going? I broke, I broke the, sled. the sled. Yeah. What have you promised for the last three years, right? Yeah. If I break the sled, I'm out of here. And he goes, no, you can't go. I go, liar, liar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Indian giver. <laughs> Indian giver. Oh. Not nice guy. Not nice guy. <laughs> Not a nice man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I was so oh, disappointed man. in him. Oh, God. The, the, I mean, but those are the memories, right? When yes. you're thinking back on it. And, and, and it, you know, as now we can laugh about these type of things, right? But in the moment, yes. you were in heated. The mo- you in the were moment. heated. <laughs> I was heated. Yeah. I wanted the rest of practice off. I yeah. had squatted my butt off in, in, all during the off season. I was ready to go, and I launched it, and I broke it, and I deserved the time off, and I didn't get it, which was promised to me. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, coaches, 
coaches lie sometimes. Yeah, yeah the, the psychology behind it, you know. I think that's probably why I wasn't good cut out for coaching. No, I know. Because, you know, yeah. here's the thing about it. Here's, here's more proof of that, okay? There was a paper done. They did a study. And I may have told you this before, but, you know, it's a new year. Bears repeating. Yeah. Um, they found out that the most advantageous way and body position to recover after a play or after whatever uh, was exactly what they tell you not to do. Head down, bending at the knees like you're standing at the foul line, you know. Yeah. Remember, you grab your shorts. You know, yeah. And what do the coaches always tell you? Stand up straight. There's no air down there. There's no air down there, yeah. Exactly. You need to get up where the air is, right? Yes. You yeah. know, don't let them see. You know, you can't breathe. You know, you want to show them that you're impervious to pain. You're and tougher lack of, than yeah. this, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? They're wrong. They lied because yeah. the best it was proven that the best way to recover from a play was to be bent over and put your hands on your knees yeah. and breathe. Because you're elongating your lungs. Thank you. You know. Thank and, you. And so you have all, long lungs, Max. Yes, I do. So I and I have long arms. So when I do That's that, true. I'm stretching. I'm doing. I'm doing myself a service, not a disservice. <laughs> all those years of having to, ah, you know, you get that. Head is up to the sky. Yes, your back yes. is tight. You're just you're you know you're looking up to God for inspiration yes. at those moments, right? Yes. And now I find out that I could have just looked at the ground. Oh, you put, my hands put on your my hands knees. on your knees, bend over, and just breathe. Just and breathe. you would have recovered faster. It would have recovered faster. I How mean, about that? We had to go. They had to have a study. I wonder. I wonder. What, what, it had to have been a former player. <laughs> Offensive lineman. Yeah, offensive lineman. Had I, to I need to recover, right? Tell me yeah. how I recover. Oh, it, my goodness. Yeah, no. But, you know. I wonder where they got the grant from to study that. Exactly. De- that's, definitely that's... from the Fat Guys Fat Guys Matter Foundation. <laughs> Fat Guys Matter. There you go. Oh, oh, my God. I know we were supposed to start this segment off. <laughs> yeah, oh, by the way, yeah, where were we going with that? Yeah, Nickelbacks. Oh, yes. Nickelback. Yeah, we're talking not about, the band. Not the but, band. No. Great band, though, from Canada. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Canada. Love, love, love their music. But, um, no, we were talking about the Nickelback position. And yes. kind of guys who stood out defensively because we wanted to give some smoke to the defense as right. well. Yes. You know, and and so nickel, the Nickelback, obviously we lost Arthur Millette yes. in free agency. So now it's – We're still trying to recover from Mike Hilton, basically. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Mike Hilton really almost – not redefined, but he accelerated the importance of that position in my mind. Yeah, with his ability to blitz, his ability to cover well, it, it, it well it, it was interesting because here here you go, the nickelback position to me is an interesting position because it's almost like part safety coverage, part linebacker guy. Yes, you know what I mean. That still has to cover like a DB. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. and still be able to blitz and yeah. be part of the blitz game. It's there's a lot of stuff going on with the nickelback, and Mike Hilton was. So good at it, he had what as Terrell Edmonds used to say, he had the the, the uh, cloak of invisibility because yeah. somehow he was able to time his snap and get by the, all the, the the redwood trees of the offensive line and make himself known in a blitz situation. And he also, you know, coverage. He 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 got honked off when people said he couldn't cover. Yeah. And he proved that he was he was pretty good in coverage. But the rundown when he was it's rundown heavy on a third down, the things that he was capable of doing. I mean, really great stuff. So. And having said that, just to kind of give a little perspective to it, um, the Steelers started off with Duke Dawson, yeah, as a nickel uh, position guy, and yeah, and a guy who um, he's had some injury issues. He was a second yeah. round draft pick, 
uh, you know, some years ago by the uh, Patriots. And he's had everything from a torn hamstring to ACL issues. But he's fighting for a position here. And they started off with Duke Dawson. And, uh, you know, what, what's your your perspective on that? Well, he's a Gator. So oh, okay. Naturally, okay, I, here I we have go. an affinity for him. Well, no, I'm, just, I'm just I simply pointing out the reason why he's on my radar is because I watched him in college. Yes. And what got him to be a second-round draft pick was he had an adaptability, like you said, that blitz tenacity. Right. That blitz tenacity was high, and he and he he was a great tackler in the backfield. He knew how to kind of corral guys and make sure that he wasn't getting getting juked out. Yes. And so I like Duke, and then you paired Duke with, of course, one of his old compadres, Keanu O'Neill. Yes. Who's also out there, kind of playing in the stead of um, of Minka not being out there just yet. And so you see kind of some of that versatility, right? You can see the adeptness. He knows how to how to handle the coverage responsibilities in his drops. And he's looking pretty good um, so far in camp now. Like I said, once we get pads on, it's a different story. Yes. But for right now, you're talking about knowing where to be and how to do it. He's got it. And as long as he stays healthy, I think he has a really good shot at being a contributor here. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see because also, you know, with the nickel guy, because you're not playing every single series, you also have to have some some, uh, some special teams flexibility. Good point by you. That's an important yeah. point. So that's going to be one of the key things. And like you said, looking for that Mike Hilton, right? Because when we lost Will Gay, who Will Gay was our previous nickel back, right. he was with me, Right. Um, you're like, okay, who are we going to find? And then Mike Hilton kind of instantly came in, so there was no drop-off. But since Mike Hill, like you said, we've been trying to find those guys. Arthur Millette was starting to develop into that guy. So now there still needs to be that replacement, that true kind of Mike Hilton-esque type of player that can come in. I think Duke's been doing a good job. I, you know, I think Chandon Sullivan yeah. has been doing a good job yeah. as well. So it's going, to be re- it's going to be a really good competition for those two trying to see who can take that nickel position. Well, the other guy that I like there is Elijah Riley and Go Army Beat Navy because i got to throw that up for – uh, for your CJ's son. older yeah. brother and my son Kyle Jacob because he's a major in the army. So we we throw that out there. Go army, beat navy. Uh, this is a young man who you know was at West Point, and one of the things that they always say about West Point football players, uh, the easiest part of their day is pr- football practice. Yes, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, at West Point, it's 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 a tough it's a tough go there. But uh, watching Elijah Wright, he had a nice pick in the slot. Yeah. Came off uh, and, and did a nice job of dropping in and uh, cut, uh, jumping a route, under, undercutting a route there, and picked it off. Um, a guy who's been around for a couple of years and watching him, let's see if uh, he can stake a claim to that. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, he's one of those guys that, that, that's capable. Yeah, no, I think I think that, that – and so now that gives us, what, three different guys. Three guys, yes. To fill that one slot position. And that's what you want to have at training camp. You don't want to have to be solely dependent upon one because if you got one, you got none. Yeah. You know, so it's always good to have at least two guys there that can at least do it. And now we have three. So that's that's now at a comfortability level where we can really see some good competition because that's going to push guys again. But, oh. oh, they're laboring now. Oh, yeah. All that oh, they young, hit the wall. All young that young injury, uh, the young energy is definitely uh, – <laughs> Catching up to him, yeah. What we're watching is the grounds crew with these ginormous tarps, uh, tarps, and they got to roll them up around a a cylindrical plastic thing. Tubing, yeah. Yeah, tubing is a good way to describe it. 
and we're watching some young bucks run out of gas as they're pushing. Yeah, those gas tanks are on E. They had to take a break <laughs> about a third of the way down the field. And, because, listen, once the tarp gets on the roll, right, it, gets heavy. it is heavier. Heavy and heavier. So all of that, oh, I'm just pushing the tube back and forth to pull out air. Yep. Yeah, no, once you start rolling it up, yeah, yeah, that well, roll-up's were... not, a, not, a, not a friendly thing anymore. <laughs> they yeah. were good from the sidelines to about the hash marks. Then all of a sudden, old Mo yeah. <laughs> jumped on their back, oh, and uh, yeah. it, it, you could see that, okay. Uh, we, it's, off, it's off center, too? Yes, they're There's, off center. They didn't do a good look, job. You remember those things as a kid, like those little – it was like a little wand – that would extend the paper it was rolled yes, up. Yes, That's what it looks like right now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a giant little one. Yeah, on one side. It's just rolled up really heavy on one side and very thin on the other side. you got to get it in the middle, guys. And, and look, oh, oh man, they oh, are la- laboring. The final push. Are these millennials or is this Gen Z? Or I never know. No, I feel like they're even younger. I mean, these not one of them can drive a car. Okay. All right, so, I mean, yeah. they're really young kids out there. They are, and ooh. Yep, there it is. Final push. Final push. I mean, yeah. <laughs> They're not. Oh, get get down. Get some Come leverage, on. man. Let's Th- go. Zero. They, they have never pushed a seven-man sled before. Uh, you know what? That thought was just crossing <laughs> my mind when you said it. You're exactly. Oh, we got one guy going sideways. Oh, there we go. Th- throw the shoulder, shoulder into throw it, Throw the shoulder. Yeah, Good job. A little double-team action there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he is. Yes. And success. That kid's got, got tenacity. There we go. Roll it off the field. Good job, guys. You know, that. That was uh, that was quite a performance. That there. was now now the sec the second string crew over here for that middle tarp. They're looking a little lean. With yeah, people. it's one two three four. No, five. that's not going to make that's it. That's not five people aren't going to do no, it. No, it's not. It's not going to cover. And it. matter of fact, we had of nine the, down here before and they yes, struggled. <laughs> and of the five up there, I'm looking at three pretty lean guys. Yeah, three some people. pretty yeah some pretty lean individuals. Yes, up there. lean individuals, shall yes. we say. Yes, they look good pushing the little small tarp yes, over here on the right. far field because you got three of them that are there. But yeah, no, it, it's definitely oh, okay. A little... The crew's coming okay, back. Okay, reinforcements. Out. Uh, the, they got water. You had a timeout. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that I, I thought they might do a little slip and slide here, but no. Yeah, that, nobody's that in a fun. playful mood. No, no, not after that first roll. <laughs> <laughs> They're done. And speaking of which, we're gonna step aside <laughs> as we critique the here, grounds crew. Yeah, exactly. And listen, we're here for all critiques. That's right. No detail too small, Wolf, here in the <laughs> locker room. As we sit in our air-conditioned perch at Chuck Noel Field here at St. Vincent, you're listening to In the Locker Room, Wolf and Starch. We'll be back in a minute. Um, <laughs> slash J-O-Y. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. Uh, boys, all together, shall we boo the ground screw? Yes, we should. On three. One, two, three. Boo. They've gone uh, just automotive on us. They've gone high tech. They're now dragging the cylinder, rolling up the tarp with a couple of uh, Toros, yeah. Toros, Cushman, whatever you yeah. call them. Tractors. Tractors. Yeah, tractor eliminating the need for nine people to sweat it out, pushing the tarps, rolling that cylinder for 55 yards across the field. They just rolled it up in about 90 seconds using uh, a couple of Cushman's or tractors to pull it. 
Yeah, on the well, wide side and rolling. I mean, where, where, where's where, the resiliency? Where's the grit? You know, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I We're looking am. at our grounds crew, and they're like drudgingly, grudgingly, grudging across the field. It, like, yeah. like, oh, my gosh, I just did a good job. No, you didn't. No. All, yeah. all you did was hold your hands up like like, like a uh, like an air traffic controller on the ground <laughs> at an airport with the little the little sticks, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, here we go. We're going to get everybody here. Let's keep <laughs> That's it straight. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, it was like, keep it straight. Come on, guy. And all of them walked down to the end for what? What would you walk down to the end for? Well, to get their picture taken with the tarp. There you yeah, go. It oh, is. no, they're going oh, to push it off. They're going to push the, the additional end. three yards that oh, are okay. necessary. Well, good for them. You yeah. know, they got the job done. But one of the things that came out was the Steelers announced a Hall of, fi- Hall of Fame semifinalist um, for the, you know, Canton Hall of Fame. For 2024. Four, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that 2024? Because the 2023 class is already picked. No, right? no, but no. Um, this is in the coach contributor. Oh, coach contributor yes. category. Sorry, sorry. Would, yeah. Art okay. Rooney Jr., uh, the personnel director from 1965 to 86. Uh, he signed 10 future Hall of Famers from 1969 to 74. Was the, uh, you know, was the, 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 uh, the draft guru of four Super Bowls, basically. And Buddy Parker. The, one of the uh, coaches from the Steelers wow, in 1957 in to 1964. Yes. Can you imagine that? You know, one of the things I, I remember is the story of the Steelers used to go to Rhode Island for training camp. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why Rhode Island. But anyhow, when the Chief went up there, and I, I'm not sure if it was who he fired, what coach, um, but I know that the story was this. The guys were in training camp, and they didn't have a coach right away. It took them a, a day or so, a couple of days to get the uh, next coach in line. Yeah. It took them three days to find all the guys that were partying on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of clam bakes on Rhode there Island. There you go. Yeah. Well, on we're in Rhode Island. Yeah. We've got no head coach. Yeah. Why don't we just go out and enjoy the beach a little bit? Oh, right. shall exactly. we? Yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, i got to be here anyways. <laughs> Might as well make the most of it. <laughs> Oh man. oh, man. I well, I can't forget. I can't remember who told me that story, and it was hilarious. So, but think about it. They're out there. And we got we got to find these guys. They're, they're out on the beach. Yeah. And thus the birth of the option for St. Vincent's College in '66. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, we can't so. do this anymore. We can't have water or any fun activities around. Let's let, let let's figure out how to be closer to home, and let's make it a little little bit a little bit more uh, serious of a nature, and. Hence why we now have, what, for almost 60 years. <laughs> no doubt about been it. Co- been coming up to St. Vincent's College yeah. ever since. I wonder why. Well, you got to keep the guys away from there the There was beach. this bonfire on the beach one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about it. Art Rooney Jr. Uh, was the personnel director. And, you know, you, you think about the that huge 74 draft when so many Hall of Famers from Lambert, Webster, and Shell, and uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, Donnie Schell was signed as a free agent then. It was yeah. John Stallworth and, and Lynn Swan, all these guys. But the fact is, you know, you look at it, what a great job he did. And one of the funny stories I have is Art came up, uh, you know, back in the – because he was there when I drafting people. He drafted me. And uh, one of the things that he, he, he said to me years after I'd retired, he goes, hey, how's your mom doing? I go, my mom? How did you know my mom? He goes, Oh, your mom used to call me. I go, what? Yeah. <laughs> go, you know, my mom, Hoopy, she she used to call call you? And he goes, yeah. Here, somehow she got transferred when she called the, the switchboard to Art. And, and she 
would call and ask how I was doing. <laughs> my, my rookie year. I mean, and I'm look, like, going, you, I never knew that. Like, mom, come on, come, mom, come on. Uh, yeah, what exactly. are you doing? I'm trying to be a big boy here. <laughs> I put my big boy pads on. Yeah, but you know what it was funny? Kevin Colbert asked about my mom. Really? You know, because I mean. When you go through the background check, right, you know, yep. that process, yep. you know, That's it's not true. just the FBI, but the team goes through their background checks as they're trying to get information about guys that they potentially want to draft. And Kevin Corbin's like, hey, how's your mom doing? You know, and he would ask the same type of question. I'm like, when did you ever meet my mom? You know, but my mom, li- listen, full disclosure, right? Mama Starks, my mom, Eleanor, uh, my mom would get involved at every level. I'll never forget this. Like elementary school, right? Right. My mom was president of the PTA. Okay. I get to college, University of Florida, on my own. Got a dorm room. Got my own phone number. I'm, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> my mom comes up for the first game, and she becomes president of the Gator Parents Association. No. In the first meeting. No. The first me- I'm like, Mom, I haven't even dressed yet for the game. You're already the president of the Parents Association? And they kept my mom on for like three years after I left because <laughs> she, she was that job. good a job. Yep. But my mom would show up on campus like randomly. I'm like, and then when I got my apartment off campus, uh, you know, my mom would just pop up. I'm like, whoa, hey, 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 <laughs> mom. A little, little room <laughs> yeah. here, mom. A little breathing room, a little <laughs> breathing room. So, then, of course, in the league, my mom knew everybody. And, and, you know, even to this day, Urban Meyer, you know, when I randomly see him, you know, he would be like, hey, how's your, how's your mom, Starks? And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I, I gained a great report. And, I mean, he, this is when he was a wide receivers coach at Notre Dame. Okay. And he, he was still, t- still to this day, asked me about my mom when he sees me. Really? I'm like, wow. So, yeah. So, mom, mom, mom's leaving an impression on a lot of people. Moms do we leave got an some, impression. We got some good moms. We got some <laughs> yeah. good moms. Yeah. Eleanor and Hoopy. Yes. Uh, exactly. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. That's no question funny. about it. Well, the day is just just turning gorgeous here. I mean, there's yeah. not a cloud in the sky, basically. Yeah, I mean, it is completely gone. It is. That's amazing when you think about what we woke up with and how clouded it was over and it then started raining and everything. But it's going to be a great day. And I, I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to getting through this acclimating period. Yes. You know, because nothing's going to happen until the pads go on. You yeah. know, and people Decisions start to separate themselves. Yeah, yes. Exactly. And as we prep and, and prepare to go into the preseason with that first game, what is it, Tampa, Tampa. Bay? Yeah, down yeah. in Tampa. Down in Tampa. So it's going to be interesting as these guys continue to prepare. And we will be here right along going with you. Got the fly. It was back another there. fly. It was another fly. fly. We started yeah. off killing one. Now we got another His fly. His brothers here. come back to exact revenge on us. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, that's a wrap on our number two. We will be back. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas right here from St. Vincent College Training Camp in Latrobe, Pennsylvania.